Welcome back to another episode of Goddess Talks with me, Elise 5000. So today we're going to talk about how actions indicate beliefs, how to change your core beliefs to manifest the life you prefer. So I was listening to Bashar and he says that, you know, your beliefs determine the reality that you perceive because all is mind, right? Thoth, hermetic principle, right? Hermes, Thoth, Egypt, <laughs> okay, Egyptian philosophy. So before I get into beliefs, I want to talk about the seven hermetic principles just right quick. So there's her- hermeticism, which is a branch of spiritual philosophy dating back to the first century AD. It's, it's, it's basically from the Emerald Tablets, Thoth. So Hermes Trismegistus, who is believed to have written the Emerald Tablets and the Corpus Hermeticum, which are two very influential ancient teachings. These works influence Greek and Egyptian culture. So this information is what is the influence behind Greek philosophy and also Egyptology. And it's it's based on wisdom and the nature of reality, ontology. So in Greece, he was called Hermes. In Egypt, he was called Thoth. In Nubia, he was called Tehuti. Okay. And he's known as the master of the universe and is said to have lived for thousands of years. Hermes Trismegistus thrice great. So he was reincarnated like clearly three times. So over time, the seven hermetic principles were passed down by word of mouth from teacher to student. And eventually one day in the early 20th century, the teachings were compiled into a book called The Kabbalion, written by the three initiates. And today, you know, it's one of the most powerful occult sources of wisdom that people can draw from. And it's separate from religion, okay? But it is sort of the basis of religion. Like, you know, each religion has a bit of this in it already, you know, with a hint of mind control. But this this is not, to me, it's not mind control. I mean, because it, to me, this, this information freed my mind. But the seven principles are just one way of understanding the universe. They aren't so constricting that they can't be studied alongside other philosophies, you know, so you can, you can be a Christian, you can be a Muslim, you can be a Buddhist, you can be anything and still understand these principles. So the first one is the principle of mentalism, which is all is mind. And the principle of mentalism states that the universe is akin to a mental projection. And that's all about using your thoughts to shape your reality. So for anything to be, a thought must precede it. So through this principle, it is believed that God is consciousness or thought and the universe is a manifestation of the mind of God. And this information hit me as I was working, you know, along my journey of exploration of self, know thyself, had a spiritual awakening a couple years ago. And ever since I kind of retreated into my own world, discovering myself, yada, yada. So I was working, I, I felt a connection with this goddess called Net or Neith. And, you know, I've talked about her before. She's basically consciousness. The the goddess of the matrix, it's consciousness. God is consciousness. You know, people argue with me all the time. Whatever you feel God is, cool, whatever. But for me, it makes more sense that God would be a consciousness because I am is you are. That means you exist. It's your consciousness. And all of our consciousnesses, is they're, they're connected. It's a network. That's why we call her net goddess. She's a network of consciousness because everyone is conscious. That's why they say ye are gods. At any rate, so the universe is a manifestation of the mind of God. And using the law of mentalism, the principle of mentalism, you can harness the power of your mind to basically create the life you want. So so consider the initial thought that led you 
to this podcast on whatever device you're on, or even the thought that is most influencing your mood right now. When we recognize how much our thoughts manifest every day, whether internally or as a physiological or emotional state, or even externally as the things we do or places we go, we see that when we can control our mind, we really can control our lives. And we can get better at this through spiritual practices such as meditation, which help us to train the mind, train your thoughts, mental diets. And I'm, I want to talk about that later. Well, we have to talk about mental diet. So, okay, all is mine. Huge, right? Principle of minimalism. Then we got the principle of correspondence, as above, so below. And of course, Hermes coined this phrase, and it's closely related to the first principle of minimalism. And it states that what we hold in our thoughts and mind will become our reality. This explains the many planes of existence, including those of lower and higher vibrational frequencies and how they're connected. So applying this law is all about understanding your connection to the world around you and how you're showing up for yourself and the universe through your thoughts and subsequently your actions. So when we have a firm grasp of how we're interacting with life and how it's affecting us, we can recognize and break patterns and live in alignment with our highest good and feel harmonious with everything there is. So cool. Three, principle of vibration. Nothing rests, everything moves, everything vibrates. Okay, that's the Kabbalion. That's a quote from the Kabbalion. So believe it or not, the idea of vibes, vibrations, vibes, it's been around a very long time and, you know, several thousands years, 7,000 years, you know, this stuff is very old. Like, I don't understand why everyone's like, no, this stuff, this is ancient. This is stuff on the walls in Egypt. Like they were talking about this like 7,000 years ago. Even, even longer than that. So, But anyway, so the principle of vibration states that all things, both physical matter and spiritual energy, hold a certain vibration. Basic science tells us atoms are in constant motion, as is the universe itself. So even our hearts, as they beat, give off different vibrations depending on our emotional state. And when we're vibrating high, we're able to, you know, avoid low-level frequencies that don't serve us, like low-vibrational people, you know, low-vibrational people don't want to be around you if you're vibrating high or they'll try to get you to vibrate low so you can vibrate with them on their frequency and they can feel you know they can feel good like they feed off your energy they want to drag your blah 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 blah. okay yes i will go off on a tangent about toxic people if i allow myself to so i'm just gonna pull this thing back we're gonna we're gonna apply um the principle of vibration so how to apply it So obviously this will look different for everyone, but to apply this third principle, you want to not only do things, but think thoughts that allow you to be in a state of ease where your body is vibrating at a more positive level. So applying the first two principles can sort of help you start to do this. And you might be noticing all of these principles are deeply interwoven, which they are. All is the all. They're all connected. We're all a network of consciousness. But with this principle, we acknowledge that we have the power to control our vibration rather than our vibration controlling us. Okay. All right. So the principle of polarity says that everything is dual. Everything has poles. Everything has its pair of opposites. Like and unlike are the same. Opposites are identical in nature, but different in degree. Extremes meet. All truths are but half-truths. All paradoxes may be reconciled. That is from the Kabbalion. Now, the principle of polarity explains that, you know, seemingly opposite things are actually one and the same at varying degrees. You know, like basically God says he's good and evil in Isaiah. Yeah. 
So an uh, example of this is hot and cold. Cold is just the absence of heat and they're both one thing. They're just, their temperature. It's the same thing. Physical matter and spiritual energy are the same thing. With the spiritual energy vibrating at a very much higher level, such that it can't be perceived by our senses. Love and hate, you know, it's in a higher dimension five-dimensional, six-dimensional as a spiritual realm. At any rate, 3D is the physical realm. It's, we can touch it. Everything's tangible. We're, it's tangible. So love and hate are two ways of experiencing the same thing. <laughs> um, wow, I just had an epiphany. This guy said he hated me and maybe he loved me. Like, I don't know. Like, he was like, I hate you. <laughs> he was, I'm not laughing, but he definitely said he hated me. And I guess, oh. Anyway, so yeah, love and hate. Two different ways of experiencing the same thing. It's a relationship towards something. So this is the foundation of what we call alchemy or the ability to transmute your experiences as at will. So I consider myself an alchemist. I started studying alchemy, side note, um, last year. I was like, what is alchemy? And I was, you know, I got this Alchemy for Dummies book on Amazon and I was like, oh, I thought, you know, it was like turning gold, you know, iron into gold or something. But that is what it is. Like you're turning shit to sugar, basically. So yeah, mental alchemy. The foundation of alchemy is the ability to transmute your experiences at will. And Bashar definitely talks about that. He says that you have to change the past or reframe it. That's what he calls it. I think he's he's saying like, yeah, you have to reframe it. So for example, you got abused as a child. And this is also cognitive behavioral therapy. I had a therapist and I went to cognitive CBT, whatever, cognitive behavioral therapy. And they teach you to, like, if you have like a trauma, you have to write down all your traumas that occurred throughout your life, like key traumas. And then when, once you identify the key traumas, you discuss it and then you kind of reframe it. So say you got spanked really bad and it really hurt your feelings, like your parent like really just lost it and really spanked you and you felt like that was like a defining moment or something that was a trauma that could have affected your adult um, behavior. Because a lot of times changing our core beliefs, you don't know what some of your subconscious beliefs even are. So a good thing to do would be to identify your traumas. So anyway, we identified one of my traumas and the therapist was like, okay, well, why did your parents spank you on that day? Well, you know, my room was dirty or something. That was usually the biggest theme of my personal upbringing was that my room was dirty. Anyway, I would get in trouble for that a lot. So my, my, my therapist was like, well, how was your dad's room, you know, when he was a kid? And I was like, oh, well, he didn't really have one. <laughs> she was like, oh, he didn't have one. So do you think that maybe his behavior, he was triggered, you know, because he didn't have a room and you have a room and you were not able to keep it clean. So anyway, blah, blah, blah. Long story short, we, I had to have empathy for my, my parent for, you know, going overboard about my dirty room, which sort of was a, a point of trauma for me. And yeah, so it's kind of like that. But Bashar would say to reframe. So and actually, it's so funny. My mom is a natural reframer. Like she has these experiences and she'll say, well, you know, that only, you know, happened because of that. And I'm fine with it. I mean, that's something that I really always appreciated about my mom is that she was able to, she's not very easily traumatized 
in my opinion, because she would always just reframe stuff. She'd be like, oh, yeah, my mom did that to me, but I always knew she loved me. And I'm like, don't do that to me because <laughs> I ain't going to be able to. I'm not going to be able to, to handle that. But I definitely appreciate that about her. She's natural at reframing. The point is, so applying the principle of polarity, it takes a degree of mental stamina and it involves shifting the way you look at something, potentially completely on its head. So take the hate you may feel for someone. Is there any way that you can shift it to feelings of love? <sighs> this is very hard for me um, because I like not liking people. Like sometimes I feel like there's power in not liking them. Like, because if I, if I shift it to love, I might allow them to get over on me. Cause I'm like, oh, it's okay. Like. I had to be careful with that. But anyway, so if you have really strong feelings of hate for someone, maybe try to switch it to love because anytime a lower vibrational emotion is bringing you down, you got to recognize it, feel it, and then transmute it to a more positive one. You have to. It's called reframing. Boom. Okay. So number five, the principle of rhythm. Everything flows out and in. Everything has its tides. All things rise and fall. The pendulum swings, manifests in everything. The measure of the swing to the right is the measure of the swing to the left. Rhythm compensates. The cabellion. So, closely related to the principle of polarity, the fifth principle states that between the opposite poles, there exists an inherent rhythm. The tides move in and out. We inhale and exhale. Everything is in motion. Nature has its seasons, and so too do we. So understanding this principle allows us to really recognize our lives and the universe's natural rhythms so we can actually work with them rather than having them working against us. So for example, no understand, know and understand that nothing lasts forever and things are always changing. So as you get deeper into working with this law, you'll be able to work with your own emotional states to avoid a dramatic pendulum swing of feelings. It's thought that eventually the master will be able to completely transcend duality. But if you're just getting started, try becoming more aware of your emotional state and using polarity and rhythm to start getting more comfortable with the natural fluxes of your life, right? Basically, this too shall pass. This too shall pass. So if something bad going on, just be like, okay, well, it's probably not going to be lasting forever. So let me just bear it now and then something good will happen later. Boom. I need to say that to myself when I'm at the gym, like, oh, this too shall pass. All right, so six, the principle of cause and effect. Every cause has its effect. Every effect has its cause. Everything happens according to law. Chance is but a name for law not recognized. There are many planes of causation, but nothing escapes the law, the cabalion. So everything is connected through the principle of cause and effect. And for each cause of one thing is merely the effect of something else. So going back to the very beginning, ask yourself, are you a cause or are you an effect? This principle is all about acknowledging the effects of our thoughts and behavior and how we may change them to bring about greater effects. So applying this, when something doesn't go as planned for you or you find yourself unhappy, ask yourself, what was the cause? Many times we find ourselves reacting to the world around us, trapped in a back and forth of reacting to our circumstances rather than forging our own path. So circumstances don't matter, only state of being matters. When we take action to get the effect we want, we move from feeling like a victim to feeling empowered. Circumstances don't matter, only state of being matters. Okay, the principle of cause and effect, boom. So seven, the principle of gender. Gender is in everything and everything has its masculine and feminine principles. Gender manifests on all planes, the cabalion. So the seventh principle states that all things have masculine and feminine qualities. Yes, 
the two sexes can be thought of as a physical manifestation of this principle. But as we're all coming to understand, you know, this on an internal level, all of us hold both energies, left and right brain. And we know, you know, this is even getting more complex with, you know, the new gender assignments and things like that. So masculine and feminine energy exists in not only the physical plane, but on the mental and spiritual planes as well. So the unity of these two energies is essential for creation. And when one has a balance of both, they're better able to apply all of the principles together for the maximum benefit, right? So toxic masculinity. I wonder, is there is there a thing called toxic femininity? No, because femininity can never be toxic. <laughs> okay, I'm just kidding. But the point is, how do, how do we apply this? So accept all the parts of yourself and understand that balance in all is the key for self-mastery. The Buddha called this the middle way. And it's all about the balance of masculine and feminine, of heavenly and earthbound, and the mind and body and spirit. Alignment. So when we can achieve balance within ourselves, we're well equipped to harness all the principles and use them for good in our lives. Okay, so that's, I know it sounds like a lot, but these principles run very, very deep. It's all a part of mental alchemy. It's all a part of, of transmuting these emotions so that you can, you know, your, your mind works better. And I'm, I'm, I'm working with these principles. Like I, I got a long way to go. I'm, I mean, that's why I created this podcast to help me I'm talking to myself. So, you know, it could take some some time to really embody these principles, but I encourage you to get the the Kabbalion and study it. Know thyself. This stuff helps you know thyself. Know yourself. So, back to the topic. Your beliefs determine the reality that you perceive. Your beliefs determine your perception of reality. It goes like this, beliefs, perception, interpretation, emotional reaction, thoughts, action. Actions indicate beliefs. So your beliefs determine the reality that you perceive. Your beliefs determine your perception of reality. You then immediately, automatically, and usually unconsciously interpret your perception of reality. That is you arbitrarily assign, project, and superimpose an interpretation onto your perception of reality. You then emotionally react to your interpretation of that reality. You then have thoughts about this reality. Then based on your emotions and thoughts, you take action. And that is how actions indicate beliefs. Accordingly, your emotions are the result of your beliefs. So if you find yourself not enjoying your current state of emotions, just ask yourself, what would I have to believe in order to end up feeling this way? By backtracking in this manner and then shifting your beliefs, you can then shift the cause beliefs and thereby also shift the result your feelings and emotions. Likewise, your actions are also the results of your beliefs. This is significant because often one will say they believe something, but their actions indicate a totally opposite belief. For example, expect the best, but prepare for the worst. If you're holding contradictory beliefs, it's always the strongest belief that determines the reality you get, and your actions are a clear indicator of your strongest beliefs. So you can use your actions more than what you say you believe as a reliable indicator of your strongest beliefs. So to backtrack from actions to beliefs, just ask yourself, what would I have to believe to be taking these actions? And it's also a good idea to evaluate the beliefs that are fueling your actions before you actually take those actions. So if you say you're expecting the best, but your actions are preparing for the worst, 
Your strongest belief is expecting the worst, and so that is what you would eventually experience in some form. So a good way to calibrate your actions is by going into your imagination and asking yourself, how would someone actually experiencing the best be acting? Once you see in your imagination how they act, then just act in that same manner out here. And that's also the basis of circumstances don't matter. Only my state of being matters, right? So Bashar talks about this thing called shifting between parallel realities, right? Okay, so it's explained like this. There are infinite versions of reality. There are infinite parallel realities, and they're all equally real, though you experience only one version at any given moment. So shifting from one version to another is not really that unnatural or difficult since you're doing it all the time anyway, billions of times every second. So for example, right now is a different reality. Right now is a different reality. Right now is a different reality. You see what I'm saying? So it's not a matter of making it happen. It's more of a matter of directing or steering which parallel reality you shift into at any moment. Also, it's kind of like turning the channel on the TV. Like, what channel do you want to experience? Whatever channel you experience is determined by the frequency of the channel, right? So, okay, how about this? Shifting parallel realities is like films changing still pictures 24 times per second or a video changing still pictures 25 to 30 times per second. It happens so fast that it creates the illusion of smooth, continuous motion. And that is how reality is like that's how you can shift so when you shift to another version of reality you become the you that already existed in that version so there's multiple unlimited infinite possibilities or realities occurring simultaneously right now you have to shift to that reality you have to become that version of yourself that already exists in the quantum field right so the you and the version you just left is still real and is still there. You can go back to that person anytime you want to. So since everything is consciousness and since you are everything, shifting from one parallel reality to another is like closing your eyes in one version and opening your eyes in another version. It, all you have to do is decide to be that version and then go on as if you are that version. So another example is like viewing through the window of another you and no longer viewing through the window of the previous you. But you have to keep in mind that the new you and the previous you are still both real and have both always existed since you are everything and you always have always existed. And so sensing yourself as everything is not necessarily losing your identity. It's it's actually expanding your self-identity to include everything, right? Like. You're everything. Okay, so your external reality is a feedback loop to let you know what your beliefs are. This way, if your external reality is not what you prefer, you can change your beliefs in order to change your external reality. So the feedback loop is your beliefs, boom. Your perception of reality, boom, leads to your feelings, boom, which leads to your thoughts. This is actually Ptah. Ptah, Egyptian god Ptah explains this on some sort of on the wall somewhere or a tablet where he was talking about how he creates with his emotions and then in his um his words or his thoughts and emotions and that a tum creates with action basically all of this that egyptian stuff is so real like it explains the nature of reality it's crazy and it's like the different gods are ex are representations of those aspects of creation so I get so disturbed when people are like, ooh, 
do you worshiping devils? Like, oh my God, like that's not even what it is. These are aspects. These are just explanations of the nature of reality. So anyway, um, so that's the feedback loop. Your beliefs control your perception of reality, which then control your feelings, which then control your thoughts, which then reinforce the original beliefs. So your feelings are the result of your beliefs. Your emotional reactions are the result of what you believe. So to discover what your beliefs are, you can work backwards and ask yourself, what would I have to believe in order to end up feeling this way? What would I have to believe in order to end up perceiving this type of physical reality? What, what am I believing? <clears throat> When you change your beliefs about any particular reality or issue, you instantly also change how you feel about that particular reality or issue. So this is why the interpretation belief you give any situation determines how you feel about it. So to change your beliefs, first let go of the unnecessary belief that beliefs are hard to change. Your beliefs steer which way your reality, which is your life, goes. But your beliefs do not have any energy of their own. Only you energize all of your beliefs. Let me say that again. Only you energize all your beliefs. So this is Bashar's analogy. A light bulb lights up only when it gets electrical energy from the socket. Each belief is like a light bulb. It has no energy of its own. You are the only energy source, the electrical socket for each belief, each light bulb. So if you notice that you have a belief that you don't prefer, simply unscrew that undesired light bulb the disempowering belief, and screw in a more desirable light bulb, a more empowering belief. Okay? Also, Bashar has this thing called neutral props, and this is very important. So in a theater, neutral props is kind of, it goes back to reframing. So Bashar talks about not assigning meaning to any situation. Like, just say it's neutral. Because you know how people are like, ooh, he ain't, he ain't kiss you. Therefore, that means he don't love you. That means this. It, may, it might not mean that. Like, you're assigning meaning to something that is actually neutral. You see what I'm saying? So in a theater that shows many plays, there may be some props backstage that are frequently used for several different plays. So for each play, that prop has a special meaning. But outside that play... The prop has no innate, intrinsic, built-in meaning. So all the props are basically without meaning. So from this innate absence of meaning, we can assign any meaning we want to them. Likewise, all the events that you experience as happening in your life are just neutral props. So each event you experience has no innate, intrinsic, built-in meaning. These events are blank. They are neutral. No innate significance. And from this blank slate, we get to assign any significance or meaning we wish for each event we experience. And my mom, she does this so well. I almost, I'm, you know, I'm almost like, okay, does this make me delusional? Like, is, are these people delusional? Like, I don't know. Because I can tell you, based off the data in my brain of what I done seen, I can pretty much tell you the meaning of somebody's actions. Now, does this mean I'm always right? I'm, I'm pretty much right, but for the interest of reality creation, the meaning you assign is what you experience. Okay, so these events are blank, neutral, no innate significance. And from this blank state, we get to assign any significance or meaning we wish for each event that we experience. So normally we assign and project a meaning onto a neutral situation. 
so quickly and so automatically that we are not even aware that we are doing it. So we think the interpretation or meaning is built into that situation. We're usually totally oblivious of the fact that we are the ones that are assigning a very specific meaning to what is actually a neutral event with no built-in inherent meaning. Now, this is very hard for me to sort of grasp, but this is what Bashar says. So your beliefs equal your perception, which equals your interpretation, which equals your emotional reaction, which equals your thoughts, which leads to your action. So your beliefs, let me say that again differently. Your beliefs lead to your perception, right? Your perception leads to an interpretation and that interpretation leads to your emotional reaction, which then leads to your thoughts, which then leads to your actions. So positive interpretation leads to positive, desirable experience. Negative interpretation leads to negative, undesirable experience. And this goes back to reframing, right? Okay, so say your man doesn't come home and you assign a meaning that he's cheating. Let me, I'm trying to make this make sense. Okay, so maybe he's not cheating, but probably if he didn't come home, he is cheating. So what you can do is you can say, well, you know what? I'm going to make this positive. He's not the one for me, <laughs> you know, break up with him and then get someone better. Boom. You know, make it positive, you know, like, oh, okay. He didn't come home. This means that I can do better. <laughs> That's how I see it. I'm not going to be delusional and be like, oh, he's just smelling. He's just, you know, riding around thinking about me. No, I'm not going to do that. But Bashar says positive interpretation equals positive desirable experience. Negative interpretation equals a negative undesirable experience. So if you assign a positive meaning to an event, this will produce or attract a positive desirable experience for you. And if you assign a negative meaning to an event, this will produce, attract a negative undesirable experience for you. So imagine a storyline with a fork in the story where the story could go either of two ways. One with a wonderful outcome and the other one totally unpleasant. You are at this fork in the storyline and the interpretation that you assign to this neutral situation totally determines which fork in this storyline you will take, which version of reality you are choosing to experience. Now, important, the corollary to this is if an event occurs to you that you would normally automatically assign a negative meaning to, this is a real bummer, choose to assign a positive meaning to that event, even if it appears negative and you do not yet know what is so positive about it. So just by assigning a positive meaning to this event and choosing to believe there is something really good about this for you, this will produce an experience that you will consider quite positive. So try it. I encourage you to try this, guys. Next time you think, this is just terrible, turn it around and believe this is really positive, you know? This is like life-changing for me. This is really going to be good. I can't wait to find out what is positive about this, but <laughs> you may even be startled by how effectively this works, guys. Okay, so if you feel like this is really hard to do, try this. Okay. I know this looks just terrible, but I don't even care. I'm gonna decide that this is just great. Even though I can't imagine anything great about this. My man didn't come home. <sighs> he didn't even come home. I get it, he's cheating, he's with somebody, but don't, but, but no, I'm not going to hope it's great. I'm not gonna pray that it's great. I am going to decide that this is great. And I know that sooner or later, I will discover what is so wonderful about it. Try this, guys. First time you see this work, 
it will stun you. It's like magic. This is this is the alchemy, guys. This is magic. This is like this is where it's at. It's mental. The universe is mental, guys. It's like magic. So it's literally reality transforming right before your eyes. And this is how you do it. And like some people really seriously naturally do this. God bless them. So circumstances don't matter. Only my state of being matters. Circumstances don't matter. Only my state of being matters. Circumstances don't matter. Only my state of being matters. How do I easily reset my state of being to what I prefer it to be? Well, to quickly reset your state of being, your vibrations to what you prefer it to be, you got to remember that right now you are actually dreaming. Reality is a dream. A physical incarnation is actually a dream that you're having while you're actually in spirit. And when you die, you wake up from this dream. All the things you're experiencing are actually you. You have the ability and the freedom of choice to actually be in the state of being you prefer. So choose that preferred state of being and just live it. You see what I'm saying? See, see what we're doing? This alchemy, mental alchemy. So Bashar has this thing called decision maintenance. And here's the catch 22 where most people get stuck. Once you decide that you are now a certain way, if something comes along in your external reality that contradicts this decision, in many cases, people will disproportionately think, well, I guess my decision didn't stick. I guess I'm not really that way after all. But what is actually happening here is that the person is willing to let the contradictory external evidence, the reality you currently see, that may be contrary to what your you know, preferred state of being is, your external evidence, talk them out of their new empowered decision, which means that they're changing their decision from the new empowered decision to the previously disempowered decision. So it's still true. They are what they decide, but they are now deciding to be what they don't prefer instead of what they do prefer. And actually, this is not Bashar. This is Elon. It's another being from the Esasani civilization. He is channeled by this, this guy. I don't even know his name guys but anyway so elon suggests this alternate approach e and, and actually i'm getting this from the book called your your power on a plate there's a free pdf online but it's by a alien named elon okay like whatever don't shoot the messenger okay like it doesn't matter how this information gets to you it's just if it works right so anyways elon suggests an alternate approach he says that when you have decided that you are now a certain way and your external reality provides you with evidence on the con Contrary, instead of letting this contradictory evidence talk you out of your new decision, use it to reinforce your new decision. So you can say, ah, oh, look at this. I've decided that I am this way. And now my external reality is showing me the opposite. Oh, thank you, external reality, for reminding me, by contrast, of what my decision is so that I can once again reinforce and reactivate my new decision. So basically, you know, you you got your state of being like, I'm rich, I'm a millionaire, boom, boom, boom. You go check your account, it's say negative 20, boom. You're like, oh my God, I'm not a millionaire. Actually, no, you are still a millionaire, okay? You just gotta reactivate your new decision, reactivate. Once you see the negative $25 in your account, just use that opportunity to reaffirm yourself sometimes you have to encourage yourself sometimes you okay anyway uh so in this matter 
<laughs> when your external reality provides evidence on the contrary, just use this to reinforce rather than nullify your new empowered decision of your state of being. So for another example, if you decide that you're a very popular person and then you notice that you're not invited to any parties and you expect to be invited to, rather than being talked out of your new decision, which means switching from your new empowered decision that you are popular to the previously disempowered decision that no one likes you and you're not popular, you respond to yourself like, oh, thank you, reality, which is the net consciousness. Thank you, reality, for reminding me. God, God is reality. So thank you, God, same thing. Thank you, reality, for reminding me by contrast of what my new decision is so that I can once again reinforce and reactivate my new decision. And through this process of decision maintenance, always using external reality to reinforce your new decision, you eventually reach the point where external reality no longer invalidates your new decision and it only validates it. And it only validates it. So you reach a point where you're you're tra you're training your mind, right? To when you see something that is contrary to the state of being that you have decided, you don't let that bother you. You just say, "Oh, yeah, I'm I'm rich. Thank you, reality, for reminding me how rich I am." Boom. I know it's it's it seems kind of difficult, but it's just really about mind training and. Through this process of decision maintenance, always using external reality to reinforce your new decision, you eventually reach the point where your external reality no longer invalidates your new decision, but only validates it. Beliefs and what you see in front of you. Cause equals delayed result. Original sound delayed echoes from that sound, right? Beliefs, your perceived reality. So think about this. Cause, boom. Delayed result. Original sound, right? The original sound, you hear delayed echoes from that sound. So you make a sound, hoo-hoo, hoo-hoo, hoo-hoo. Like the echoes are delayed. So beliefs, basically your reality, it'll be delayed. Your decision of your circumstances that you decide. So think of beliefs as the cause and what you see in front of you as the delayed result. So just like shouting in a canyon can be a cause and hearing the echo of your shout can be the delayed result. So notice that if you shout one and then shout two, at that moment, you shout two, you are also still hearing echoes of one. Likewise, if you think of one as your original disempowered belief and you think of two as your new empowered belief, when you first initiate your new empowered belief, you will still be getting echoes of the previous disempowered belief. That's okay. But that doesn't mean that the new belief hasn't taken hold. It just means that it's ripples, the echoes haven't reached you yet. So just because you've adopted a new belief but are still seeing echoes, reflections of the previous belief, that doesn't mean that like, oh, well, I guess, I guess it doesn't work, you know. I guess I'm just still the old disempowered me. I'm still whatever, I'm still poor or <laughs> whatever. No, it just, it just means that the echoes of the new belief have not yet bounced back to you yet. So don't invalidate the new empowered belief just, just because, you know, your outer reflection hasn't reached you yet. And this is something that like, it goes along with staying away from toxic people because they're going to try to reinforce something that is, that you're trying to, um, get away from. They're going to reinforce what is like, say, say you're overweight, right? And you're affirming to yourself, I am, I'm a great weight, you know, I'm thin because you want that to be your state of being so that you subconsciously begin to eat better. And it's, it's easier. You just become a person that is thin and therefore you start becoming thin. 
But if you're around people that constantly remind you that you're fat, you know, that's going to make this process very hard. So in order to maintain your state of being, because remember, circumstances don't matter, only my state of being matters. The only way that you can maintain that is if you stay away from toxic people, unless you're really strong and you've developed your skills over time and you can just be around abuse and people reminding you of something. You're like, fuck you. You're like, I don't care what you say. Like, cool. (laughs) But for the newbies, I would say you definitely need to distance yourself. And a lot of times people don't want you to improve and they want that's a form of witchcraft. Like they want you to stay in that, you know, disempowered state that is the whole point of abuse abusers want you to stay in a disempowered state so they can have control over you so yeah definitely important to stay away from toxic people but all you got to do is decide since the present is the result of the present and not the result of the past because what we said we reframe in our past anyway we reframe in it that didn't happen like that like i got beat up but they, the people that beat me up was, they were beat up. And so they didn't know what they were doing. And they went me, boom, you reframed it, made it positive. As a result of getting beat up, I learned how to fight. <laughs> I don't know if these are good examples. I'm just coming with what I can come with. But the point is, is that <laughs> in each now moment, each of us decides exactly who and what we are and thereby instantly is that the infinite consciousness that each of us really is creates us to be whatever way we decide in that now moment we actually are. So normally we assume what we become a certain way because of the steps we created to get there or the criteria we must meet to get there. But this is only an illusion. So for for example, a person may think that if I exercise every day, then in three weeks, I will be strong. And in three weeks, they are strong. But they are strong then because they are deciding that in that now moment to be strong. So the, the moment you decide I'm strong, you're strong. Let the weak say I am strong. But okay, it's not, you're not strong because of the prerequisite steps of exercise that you've set up for yourself to get there. You're strong because you decided you're strong, okay? And that's when you become strong, not the three weeks of exercise. That's not what makes you strong. I mean, essentially it is what makes you strong, but do you see where I'm going with this? So therefore, if you want to be a certain way, you can either take the long route the normal human approach, which is to set up an elaborate set of steps that must be taken in order to reach your decision, in order to reach your destination, state of being, or an elaborate set of criteria that must all be met in order to get there. And then take the time to go through all of these steps or meet all those criteria and then finally give yourself permission to decide to then be that way. Or you can take the short route and simply decide now to be that way with no intervening steps or criteria necessary to get there. And then by trusting that decision and acting accordingly, you become that way now. This is how you program your mind. This is subconscious programming at its best. Just simply deciding. And then acting as if I decide I'm skinny and then this is what skinny people do. We eat celery, we run, (laughs) not walk, like, come on, program. So yeah, 
your actions indicate your beliefs. So you can just look at your actions to determine what you truly believe and then change, decide. So when you have a desire to change your reality in a particular preferred way, it transforms into that version much more easily when you allow your current reality to now be just the way it is. It's called non-resistance. It's called surrender. It's called allowance letting go. This loosens the grip and allows for any change to be received more easily. So in contrast, not allowing your reality to just be the way it is. Bro, this is so true. Like it maintains that tight grip that I've experienced this. Like I really struggle with allowing myself to just be the way I am supposed to be. And it comes from parents not allowing you to be the way you're supposed to be. So you take that behavior and you, you know, there's so much less resistance when you just allow yourself to be the way that it is and just decide to change and then be that way. Like it could all be so simple, but we'd rather make it hard. So I'll say that again. In contrast, not allowing your reality to be just the way it is maintains a tight grip resistance and tends to keep you stuck in that unpreferred reality. So it is okay to desire a preferred reality while simultaneously allowing your current version of your reality to just be the way it is. And honestly, like I experienced that this weekend. I, so I've gained weight, right? And part of me was like not accepting it and but but really I had like a shift this uh, weekend where I was just like no this is my weight like whatever like I can lose it when I want to so it's not really am I really this weight not really I'm really skinny I'm the skinny me because I can get that way if I once I exercise and I'm gonna exercise <laughs> So I like allowed, I'm like, hey, I'm cool with it. This is me. Cause I know that this is, this too shall pass. I ain't gonna be this size forever. I know how to get skinny. I know how to do, eat properly. This ain't, I ain't stuck like this. You feel me? So that's what happened for me. But anyway, so <laughs> keep in mind, like just as a radio does not create the program it's hearing, it, it merely allows it in. So likewise, you don't really create your reality, you allow it in. So with that, I appreciate you guys for listening to this episode. And if you haven't subscribed, please, please subscribe. And uh, so you can be updated on when I post new podcasts because I have a lot of new cool stuff coming. And I'm super excited to be sharing this with you. So with that said, as always, peace and hair grease. Yeah, I'm driving slow in the fast lane. Chop a spoon, pop a coating. I make them haul at them blue things. Yeah. My vibe is like drugs, you know I got